0: Seek ye therefore first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be added unto you. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, in a certain sense this morning, I'll be preaching to the choir. Not singling anyone out here. I started trying to write a sermon on a completely different topic, but uh, this one came out, so that's where we'll go. We'll start this morning by considering a few anecdotes. An incident on the first day of school, some 20 years ago, it's one of those memories that's uh, seared into my mind. At the time, I was teaching at a school which emptied out an area of roughly 40 miles by 60 miles in one of the most remote areas in the lower 48. There were about 88 kids or so from K to 12. And At lunchtime, on this first day of school, the elementary school lunchtime, we could hear one of the little kindergartners throwing an absolute conniption fit. Why was she so stirred up? Well, we couldn't exactly tell from the high school, so when my class was over, I went and found out. Turned out she was screaming over and over and over again, we can't eat if we ain't called grace. We can't eat if we ain't called grace. We can't eat if we ain't called grace. She's just screaming. She's from a God-free family who said grace before they ate. And all of a sudden she found herself in, well, she found herself in a public school. And so the kindergarten teacher explained to me that in a nice grandmotherly sort of a way, she kept calmly telling the little girl, it was all right. She could go ahead and eat without seeing grace. Until the girl finally calmed down. And ate. So what was the lesson that little God-fearing kindergarten country girl learned that day? Her very first day in school. She learned a really important lesson. You don't really have to say grace before you eat. Because God really isn't that important. That we actually need to stop and acknowledge him. Or thank him for his gifts. God really isn't that important. On her very first day of school, that little God-fearing country girl learned to not fear God. I have to admit, I learned a lot of important lessons that day myself. After all, I'm a product of the Montana public schools from kindergarten through grad school. Even before that happened, I'd tell my students that if by some chance I were to get married and have a family, there was exactly a 0% chance that my kids would ever darken a public school classroom. But that day I suddenly realized for the first time what the stakes really were. I suddenly realized, not in some abstract, theoretical kind of way, but by experience, how the devil can appear in the most soothing guises. Now, I'm not saying the kindergarten teacher was being deliberately malicious, but I realized how the devil could appear so soothing, how the devil could actually stand behind entire institutions. The first time the curtain lifted up a little bit, an the actual reality of public school and what we were doing, what I was doing, And people like me, what we were collectively doing was souls, immortal souls. Suddenly I started to realize that it came into focus. Hadn't yet read the Council of Trent. I'll read you a quote. Quote, without the all-powerful and special protection of God, it is not possible for young people to become perfect and to persevere in good if they have not been formed to piety and religion from the earliest years before vicious habits take possession of them. Close quote. I could keep going for hours. I've done a lot of thinking since that day when a little country girl threw a fit. We'll stop right there with anecdotes. I just learned that on the birthday of Our Lady this coming Tuesday, Mr. Obama is going to be speaking to every public school kid. This man who supports baby killing and every kind of perversion under the sun, he's a spokesman for the abortion industry, for NARAL, representative of the feminists, everything from the feminists to the perverts. Who invited him? Is he going to check in at the office? Did all the parents in America get little permission slips to sign so little Joey or little Susie could go to the assembly? Who invited him? What is this? Mentioned this months ago, it's worth repeating, an exorcist who works in both Europe and the U.S. has been warning people not to listen to Mr. Obama or even to look at him. And now we see this mysterious person inserting himself between the parents And their children in a fashion that seems like something out of a George Orwell novel. Or maybe a scene out of Triumph of the Will. Who invited him? And all that. And a whole lot more was rolling around in my head when I saw today's epistle. But even before we turn to that. If you have children in school. You must keep them home on Tuesday. Do not let this person... Speak to your children. I'm serious as a heart attack. Do not let this person speak to your children. Keep them home. Here's an excerpt from today's epistle, which is taken from the fifth chapter of St. Paul's to of Galatians. St. Paul, quote, Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are fornication, uncleanness, immodesty, luxury, Idolatry, witchcraft, enmities, contentions, jealousies, anger, quarrels, dissensions, sects, envies, murders, drunkenness, carousings, and such like. Of the which I foretell you, as I have foretold you, that they who do such things shall not obtain the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is charity, joy, peace, patience, benignity, goodness, longanimity, Mildness, faith, modesty, continency, chastity. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified their flesh with the vices and concupiscences. Close quote. The inspired, inerrant word of God. Okay, so St. Paul has two lists, two kinds of behavior. He describes the work of the flesh and the work of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. By the fruits of the Spirit... He means actions that are done by men that are guided by the Holy Spirit, by works of flesh. He means actions of men that are not guided by the Holy Spirit. Remember, there are two possibilities. If you're not guided by the Holy Spirit, guided by the fallen human spirit, it's one possibility. Or guided by evil spirits, that's other possibility. In any event, the final results end up the same. Okay, now let's just ask ourselves: Which spirit is at work in our public schools? What are our students learning? Things like charity, joy, peace, faith, modesty, purity and chastity? Or are they learning things like fornication, uncleanness, immodesty, impurity, idolatry, witchcraft, drunkenness, carousings, and such like. Which is it? You don't need me to tell you the Spirit at work in our public schools is in the Holy Spirit, do you? I don't know whether the person occupying the White House is going to be broadcasting into the official Dawson Catholic schools or not but we shouldn't really have any illusions about those either. Although there are some exceptional teachers, that's true of the public schools too, the Catholic schools as a system, official Catholic school system in these United States of America, is an absolute catastrophe, and that's nothing new. A couple anecdotes here. Last month I spoke to a friend. I got her permission to tell you this. Originally from the Twin Cities, born in 1958, went to Catholic elementary school. Then a Catholic girls' high school and college, both run by the sisters of St. Joseph Carondelet, not to mention order. And then she was a Catholic school teacher, okay? Regular churchgoer, 100% Catholic schooling from K to college graduation, works as a teacher in the Catholic school system. All that Catholic education, regular churchgoer, she was in her 30s before she knew anything about the real presence, that, unbelievably enough, is not that unusual. You can't believe how many times I've heard that same basic sort of story from people that have had a Catholic education. She's in her 50s. It's been going on a while. I've already told you about the group of seniors from one of the fancier Catholic uh, schools around here for a theology class assignment, interviewed me about vocations of the priest and religious life. So after the interview, I asked them a few questions. They ended up getting their nose kind of out of joint when I told them they weren't ready to make their first communion. I certainly wouldn't give it to them. And I meant it. And then I uh, called up their teacher and told him as much as well. Bottom line. If you have children in school, you have to keep them home Tuesday. Have to. you got to protect them from this parent who's trying to insert himself between you and your children He's trying to usurp your God-given authority. Do not let this strange man speak to your children. I'll read you something from one of the popes. At present, the rights and duties of Catholic parents as regards the education of the children entrusted to them by God are being attacked in an incredibly evil manner. When it is sought with an anti-Christian education to profane the tabernacle's of children's souls sanctified by baptism, then it is the duty of every professing Christian to separate clearly from the other side, as well as to keep his conscience clear of any culpable cooperation in such dreadful work and corruption. The more the enemy attempts to deny or disguise his shameful aims, the more necessary it is to adopt an attitude of mistrust and suspicious vigilance encouraged by bitter experience. The formal preservation of religious instruction, especially when controlled and shackled by incompetent people, in the atmosphere of a school which works systematically and invidiously against religion, can never be a justification for a believing Christian to give his free approval to such a school that aims at destroying religion. Close quote, Holy Father. It sounds just like the Pope is writing to us here now. Kind of gives me the creeps to read those excerpts from the encyclical with burning heart. Because although it sounds as if the Holy Father is addressing our own beloved country and times, he's actually writing to Nazi Germany. I recognize that everyone's situation is different. A lot of people are really struggling. I don't speak just to our people here, but anybody that might listen on the tapes or Audio Sancto. We want to invite anyone who has children in public or official Catholic school to certainly pray and reflect on the situation, my concerns with the salvation of souls, and not singling anyone out. At the same time, I want to invite the parents to whom God has given the grace to avoid having to place your children in such situations, to be filled with humility and thanksgiving before God for such a totally undeserved gift, to pray that others receive that grace, and don't puff yourself up or jump to conclusions about other families, other situations. We're trying to become holy here not become uh, first-team all-conference varsity Pharisees. All right, we put it like this. If parents had to travel afoot with their children to the backcountry around Yellowstone, wouldn't they take every precaution to protect them from dangers of mountain rivers, sudden snowstorms, cliffs, buffalo, mountain lions, wolves, black bears, and grizzlies? Would they take every precaution? Of course they would. So given that our schools are not guided by the Holy Spirit, which means ultimately they're guided by evil spirits, here's three considerations. One, what precautions, explicit precautions to the parents who have their kids in such situations, are you taking to protect your children from this morally poisonous atmosphere? What precautions are you taking? Pope Leo XIII, quote, By nature, parents have a right to the training of their children but with this added duty that the education and instruction of the child be in accord with the end for which, by God's blessing, it was begotten. Therefore, it is the duty of parents to make every effort to prevent any invasion of their rights in this matter and to make absolutely sure that the education of their children remain under their own control in keeping with their Christian duty and, above all, to refuse to send them to those schools in which there is a danger of imbibing the deadly poison of impiety Close quote. Obviously recognize that in some situations, in some families, there may actually be insurmountable obstacles, legal or otherwise, real obstacles to removing children from these kind of schools. In these cases, then, we must not lose hope because God never binds anyone to the truly impossible. So granting those particular situations, let's set those aside. Consider the second question. How explicitly diabolical will it have to get? Before good Catholics who actually have other options yank their children out of these kind of schools. Speaking to these parents, why do you think the present occupant of the White House wants to speak to your children? What's really at stake here? Please don't wait for leadership from those of us with collars on, the bishops and the priests. It's been over 40 years since the Pope came out with Humana Vitae, and our bishops and the priests as a group, still haven't been able to coherently condemn the use of contraception. 40 years and counting. Pius XI. Quote, Catholic parents, keep this in mind. No earthly power can release you, From the divine responsibility which unites you to your children, no one will be able to reply for you to God Almighty when He asks, "Where are those whom I have entrusted to you?" Let each one of you be able to reply, "I have not lost any of those whom you have entrusted to me." Close quote. Third and last consideration: It's for all of us. Are we praying? Are we praying? Are we really praying for the children who, for whatever reason, find themselves in bad schools? The reason we have the faith is because it was handed on to us by the previous generations. It's our obligation to try to hand it on to the next. Are we praying? Are we praying for the next generation? Someone has to pray. Someone has to pay the price. I'm positive it wasn't just my parents. Pay the price for me? Are we paying for families? Are we praying for the children? Are we praying? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His justice and all these things shall be added unto you.